Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to Word Balloon, the comic book conversation show. John Suntress here. Great conversation today. We've got Danny Fingeroff, and we're going to be talking about a lot of things. First of all, I wanted to get Danny's reaction to uh, the Spider-Man clone conspiracy, given that uh, we now know Ben Riley is the bad guy. And uh, Danny has a long history with uh, Ben Riley, of course, as the editor and one of the writers during the Clone Conspiracy. So uh, it's uh, good to get Danny's point of view on that. And uh, also other things. Uh, we talk about a couple projects he has in store for uh, 2017. Um, Danny has been uh, programming uh, the Wizard Conventions and doing a lot of the comic book programming as far as panels are concerned. And uh, he's going to be working on uh, Wizard New Orleans, moderating a very interesting seminar that Howard Chaikin has regarding design. We get the details from Danny on that. And, of course, uh, Wizard is in the news in terms of uh, a little uh, transition of power. And the Seamus uh, is, at least Steven Seamus, is uh, ruffling feathers so uh, I wondered if Danny had a point of view of that, and I felt obligated to ask him about that. So you're what Danny has to say regarding uh, the, the the controversy. And uh, we also just talk about a lot of other interesting things. We, we review the year for movies and talk about superhero films in general, and I give him my point of view. I, I just think uh, Danny's one of the guys that has really been analyzing superhero character on uh, you know a very big level, like his book, Superman on the Couch. I always like these kinds of word balloons where, you know, the, he's he's plugging a couple things that he's got coming up. But uh, really, it's just a chance to just uh, talk nerd with uh, with one of the nerd experts. Danny Fingeroff for today's word balloon. It's brought to you by the League of Word Balloon listeners. Thank you, League, for your support. Can't thank you enough because uh, you help uh, keep word balloon going and make it possible for me to go to conventions, update equipment and uh, make uh, the product as good as it can be with uh, subscriptions from you. So uh, it's not necessary. As I always say, Word Balloon will always be free. But if you uh, really enjoy the show and you want to help the cause and can, uh, consider this. You know, the average uh, comic book is three ninety nine, even four ninety nine. Um, Word Balloon gives you, you know, many hours beyond uh, what it takes to read the average comic book. Uh, is it worth your while? Can you, can you spare uh, the price of a comic book and support Word Balloon in that way? If so... Go to wordballoon.com and click on the Patreon that Patreon ad there, or go to patreon.com slash wordballoon. Wordballoon is also brought to you by InStock Trades at InStockTrades.com. And I was looking around and found a lot of uh, Danny Fingeroff product. Things like the uh, West Coast Avengers premiere hardcover set, Sins Past. That volume is 45% off. It's $19.24. You can get Darkhawk Classic. Written by Danny Fingeroff, drawn by Mike Manley, 45% off, it's $13.74. How to Create Comics from Script to Print, including uh, the writing of Danny Fingeroff on that, 70% off, just $4.18. 
and uh, reach back for the Deadly Foes of Spider-Man trade paperback written by Danny Fingeroff. 45% off, $13.74. Just a few of the items you can find at InStockTrades.com. Don't forget, if your orders are $50 or more, you'll receive free shipping. And uh, this time of year, it's kind of perfect. So do yourself a favor and start shopping now at InStockTrades.com. All right, without further ado, let's uh, get into our conversation with Danny Fingeroff, now on Word Balloon. Danny Fingeroff, welcome back to Word Balloon. I'm happy to have you back, and uh, you got some neat uh, projects coming up for 2017. Well, thanks for having me back. I had a lot of fun last time, and I fully expect you this time as well. There we go. Oh, man. All right, pressure's on. Uh, no, you know, <laughs> I got good feedback, too. People seem to enjoy our conversation. Here, I'm going to get this oh, out good, of the yeah. way. just Me because, too. Me too. Well, oh, that's good. I'm glad to hear that, man. Um, last yeah, people, week, people just out of the blue would say to me, I heard that interview on, uh, on Word Balloon. It was great. So Wonderful. Uh, fine with me. Excellent. Well, thank you, listeners, because that, that means a lot, and it, it always uh, is nice when the guests hear that. So thank you. Um, I, I, I got to ask you, because obviously he's back. Uh, he came back last week. I don't know if you've been keeping tabs on uh, the uh, clone conspiracy of Spider-Man. I, I've heard that he's back. I haven't read it yet, but uh, it is uh, it, 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 it is quite ironic that um, you know this is like the second or third major clone uh, storyline that uh, Marvel has done in like the past a few years. So um, you know there must be something about clones and 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 hopefully about the, some of the stories that uh, we did when I was editing the book that people you know responded to even even though it uh it gets its share of ridicule people keep coming back for more no but you know as as the as marvel themselves said in in the uh, press conference and it's true you know i'm sure you encounter a lot of ben riley fans and and i think there is always excitement when it looks like there's going to be a a solid ben riley story and and slot is certainly a great spider-man writer yeah well you know i mean people even back then, people liked the story. Some, you know, it, sure. it got, you know, a few uh, people sort of dug their teeth into it, and, you know, I mean, I, I, I'm probably the last time I was on, I, I gave you my theory about it sort of being, you know, symbolic of sort of a nervous breakdown of the whole uh, comics industry. Yes. You know that, yes. That, that, that it sort of became a lightning rod for everybody to, you know, uh, focus their anxiety uh, and, and fears on, but. Um, you know, we you know the, the fact is that those you know the clone stories, um, you know, lifted Spider-Man sales, which were pretty good anyway. But I mean, at a time when everything else was going down, the Spider-Man sales were heading up. So you know, look, I, I, you know, as I always say, what, the job of a of a comics creator and a comics editor um, is to piss people off just enough so that they don't stop reading, but that they have to buy every issue to yep. see. What crazy, you know, uh, thing you're doing next? You know, it's, it's a fine line. You know, it's a. But if people, you know, people tend to take comics for granted if they think it's, you know, going to just be, you know, more, you know, if, if they think it's just going to be a, you know, a, a cool adventure or uh, an interesting story. Uh, unfortunately, very often they they go, okay, well, there's nothing radically new happening there, so I'll save my money and I'll buy something else. Sure. So you know, our job is to make you part with the uh, with, <laughs> with, <laughs> with the money and the time yeah. you know, invest in the comic, and you know, and the way to often do that is to is uh, you know to outrage people or to uh, you know get them get them excited and hopefully uh, not to the point where they just uh, where they stop buying to the point where they got to know what what uh, zany thing is coming up. Sure. 
did we and I can't remember if we talked right when uh, Hail Hydra was happening too. The I, Captain America. No, I I think we did, and that kind of blew over, didn't it? I mean, exactly. I, I don't even have any idea. What? <laughs> I don't even know how did that story did they resolve that story no it's, well it's still going on and I think uh, again there's there's more explanation of why Cap is acting this way and certainly his own uh, you know moral compass even though he's been reprogrammed by the Red Skull and the Cosmic right. Cube deep down he's still Captain America so even though he's doing things that the Skull wants him to do he does them in a way that uh, you know doesn't quite uh, satisfy the skull, and obviously he's still managing to save lives and not kill people and and and, right, and so, do some good things. So it's interesting. <laughs> yeah, so that's exactly what I was talking about. I guess uh, and has has it bumped up sales? Has sales been good on it? You know, I haven't been paying attention. I you know I I don't get into the horse race. I, I, I I'm right, sure they right. sell enough. And if they don't, then obviously, you know, a book will either change creative hands in the case of something like Captain America or if it's, a, right. you know, a, a title like Defenders or something like that, they'll cancel it for a while and bring it back in a few bring months or years. Yeah. Well, and I really what I wanted to ask you about Ben Riley specifically, though, was just um, how did you see him different from Peter in terms of, of uh, characterization? Well, well, you know, you know, it, that's an interesting question. I mean, we're talking someone that goes back uh, over uh, twenty years, but he was going to be somebody who was simultaneously um, more jaded and cynical, and yet more idealistic. You know, because he'd sort of. Right, he he'd been. He thought he was the clone. He was traveling the country. We had a whole plan for all these, um, you know, untold adventures of Ben Riley. They did a couple of them, but they never went very far. So, okay. so uh, on the one hand, he'd be kind of um, uh, bitter and jaded, and and maybe seen the seamier and uglier side of life and of people in his travels. By the same token, um, I think we thought he'd be so happy to be back as spider-man that he would um you know that he that there'd be a certain uh, enthusiasm and naivete to him that uh, would be would be um a kind of a different take i mean we did have him you know take down venom in a much more direct way as, mm -hmm. as i recall than than uh, than peter did um so to sort of show that he had that that you know his time on the road had hardened him but but i think you know the way he was being portrayed and i think the way uh um at least in the, in the early uh going he would have been different than peter was that appreciation of being spider-man you know um because he'd lost it and then now he's got it now now he's got it back and and um you know i think also kind of sacri you know since peter had gone off with Mary Jane to have uh, their baby, uh, mm -hmm. whatever happened with that storyline. But you know, <laughs> so 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 I think I think it was I think I think that was Ben was going to be somebody uh, who had those um, contradictory but um, human uh, characteristics of of, uh, of being, you know, been there, done that, seen it all, you know. Um, you know, and yet, um, oh boy, I get to be Spider-Man again. You know? Yeah, and well, and that obviously does change him because you know, uh, at times Peter deals with the burden of being Spider-Man. I mean, that's the really the core of uh, of his complications and everything is right. the the obligation to the power and responsibility thing. And whereas Ben might be like, yeah, I get to I get to be who I am again. 
Well, that's that's always the great, you know. And I mean, I, cre- I always credit to Tom DeFalco with this insight into Spider-Man. Although I'm sure other people, uh, whether they articulate it or not, have had it too. The idea that you know, for Spider-Man especially, although I think for superheroes in general, but for Spider-Man especially, right? There's the burden, there's the responsibility, there's the guilt. Um, but it's also a lot of fun to be Spider-Man. You know? Sure. Uh, you know, I mean, that's that's. You know, so that Peter has multiple motivations for what he does, just like we all do. I mean, you know, everything we do, right, we, you know, we all construct kind of a narrative of our lives. And so, you know, we look back and we, you know, we sort of figure out, well, we did this or, you know, because of that, you know. Um, but really, that's sort of imposing, you know, a a, um, a kind of easy to digest narrative on our own lives because that's, what kind of keeps you from going crazy, I guess. But, you know, we all have multiple motivations and why we do or don't do things, you know. Um, that's, you know, part of that is kind of the classic definition of, uh, of, of, of what a hero is, you know, which is, or, or, or that thing, that Robert McKee thing, you know, the, uh, the, uh, the, the, the story guru, you know, mm-hmm. who uh, talks about how, you know, character is defined by how somebody acts under pressure. You know, it's kind of, Everybody can talk about what they would do or what they believe or what they think is the right thing, but you know when you're in a a a, uh, a high pressure situation, you know people are defined um, by how they act as much or more than by what they believe or, or or what they think they would do. You know, so so I think you know the the um, so Peter. Um, you know, so so Peter has all these motivations. I mean, I think ultimately, he's motivated to do the right thing. You know what? You know, but certainly, you know, he also wants to go out and earn money as uh, as Peter to help Aunt May or to help um, whoever uh, you know, what, whatever what, wherever the continuity is at a given time. I mean, sure. he, you know, he's earning money, but he's not earning money to buy a sports car. He's earning money to you know, help somebody or or further his education or or, or 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 do something. So I mean, you know, Peter is ultimately the guy who in a clutch situation will do the right thing even if he's pissed off, even if he feels, you know, badly used. And if he does do something selfish or or or, or um if not altruistically motivated, he'll usually do what he can to make up for it. Which is again very human, right? Cause sure. Uh, no matter how idealistic you are, you're going to have, you know, uh, different moods or different uh, situations that make you feel like, um, you know, the world owes you something or, you know, you want to get back at somebody. But Peter, Peter's our best, you know, is everybody's um, best uh, case scenario for themselves, that they do the right thing or if they don't, then they go back and make up for it as much as possible. I mean, that's the whole art of Spider-Man is, yeah. you know, is, is the death of Uncle Ben, which, you know, you could make, uh, you know, one could argue that that's Peter's conscience working overtime to say that he feels responsible for Uncle, De- Uncle Ben's death. I mean, he didn't pull the trigger. He didn't uh, break into the into the house, but he did let the burglar go, you know, so. Sure. Um, not sure how we got... I'm not sure. Not sure no. where we started. No, no, it. that was that was good. And, and honestly, I, I an answer that I expected from a guy who put Superman on the couch in his book and everything. So that's uh, I, I that's kind of what I was hoping for. You know, I, I don't know if you know, but really in this clone conspiracy story, 
Ben is uh, the jackal. Ben Riley is the jackal, and and I, I did know that. Yeah. Okay, and and obviously then he has found a way to bring the dead back to life, and is like, don't you see, Peter? This is our chance to get Uncle Ben back, and that's fun oh, to play. You know, with. I should I should read that. So it's not so Miles <laughs> Warren. So, so Miles Warren. Miles Warren is still dead. He is there, and I don't know, know exactly when he's going to show up, but I know there's a cover uh-huh. with him in the old Jackal outfit uh, fighting right. Ben in the new Jackal outfit. So oh, that's cool. Yeah, so so something's going on. Oh, there you go, exactly. And that's, you know, I wanted to ask you, because I wonder, as uh, as we all get older, don't get me wrong, it's all relative, <laughs> but no, is it is it fun still to read, uh, like, Spider-Man comics or Marvel comics? Or for you, is it like, you know, I, I did my time... It's more like uh, like I always make the comparison of working at a hardware store and then coming home and diving into a pile of nails or something like that. It's like well, I mean, I I think the I think the analogy might be, and this is you know this actually is, is you know an experience I had in my own life is working in a donut shop. You know, yes. Because at first you, at first you think oh boy free donuts and then at a certain point you go oh, okay I had enough donuts you know <laughs> <laughs> you know you don't want to look at you know I I I still. Um, I'm interested, you know. I'm 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 enough of a fanboy underneath that I'm that I'm interested in the uh, in the characters and what happens to them, um, you know. Although I can, by the same token, I'm not rushing to read every issue right away. I may get them, you know, uh, months later at at, uh, at at Marvel Unlimited or 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 mm-hmm. just like read it, read a synopsis on in Wikipedia. You know? Sure, uh, it's more a matter of time than interest, you know. I just sort of. Um, you know, again, as as we get older, you know, and have more responsibilities, and you know, um, and hopefully more power, but that uh, comes and goes. <laughs> you know that, um, um, you know, you just sort of have to prioritize. So I, I am interested, you know, and so there's you know there's a core group of me and my old cronies who, when we, you know, you know, there's always some you know uh, email chain that goes around between uh, me and my. Uh, you know, some of my former writers and artists where we go, boy, I guess the clone wasn't so bad after all. You know, right? look at that. They brought him back for the 500th time. You know? <laughs> sure. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, you know, when I see the, you know, I, I, I certainly see the Marvel movies and, and, and TV shows. You know, my, my motto is always, you know, I mean, look, you work at a company for years and years and there's always, you know, it's a business. So, uh, you know, there's always you know, some corporate shenanigans going on, but my, my motto is Peter Parker never did anything bad to me, you know. That's, there you uh, go. Yeah. <laughs> I understand. You know, while you mentioned the TV shows and movies, um, what'd you think this year? What'd you think of uh, Luke Cage? What'd you think of Doctor Strange? Uh like Luke Cage a lot. Um, you know, I haven't, I've seen the first six. I, I kind of am looking for a, a block of time when I can watch it. Like, you know, I liked it a lot. Um, I thought they, you know, really kind of are thinking outside the box. They just came up with a whole uh, different way uh, to do the heroes. Um, I really dug Doctor Strange. You know that. Um, uh, you know, it's, it's it's kind of interesting the way they tied him into the whole uh, rest of the universe. And um, you know, it was, it was I thought it was a good take on the on the character. Sure. Um, pretty, you know. Reasonably true to what uh, Stan and Steve uh, did at the beginning. Um, there's even some Dematis stuff in there. Um, you know, there's a hundred. You know what what they do best is they, you know, is they they um, they synthesize all the different versions of the characters and they sort of 
are usually able to come up with something that's that has a, the directness and simplicity of the original character, but is not afraid to use some of the more complicated uh, character, uh, you know, villains and storylines. And and I loved Stan's cameo. I thought that was, <laughs> you know, it, it, I didn't realize actually till I uh, read about it online that he was actually reading Aldous Huxley, Aldous, Aldous Huxley's The Gates of. Uh, well, the gates of perception. What's it called? Um, doors of perception. Doors of doors of perception. Yeah, that's what Stan is reading on the bus. In the oh, that's family. hilarious. And that's what he says. It that it, that's exactly what Stan says. That's hilarious. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so I think you sort of have to know that there were you know there were I think various incarnations of Doctor Strange that used uh, that book. You know, uh, sure. referenced that book. So it's yeah, but uh, it was it was very uh, you know just. And Stan just seems to be having a great time doing that cameo, you know. Oh yeah, as, as, as he pretty much always does. And Civil War, um, what do you think of Civil War? The um, oh, the Captain America that came out this year. You know, honestly, I, I forgot too. Right at first, I as soon as I said Doctor Strange, I kind of did a mental check, and I'm like, oh yeah, Civil War too. I got to ask him about Civil War. That must have been the year. You know, I I enjoyed Civil War. Let let's face it. Any time superheroes battle each other, it's always got a certain amount of contrivance to it. You know, because oh, there you okay. <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean, even the best superhero. You know, I mean, it's just one of, the, you know, because everybody loves to see you know the superheroes fighting each other. Sure. But it's always a misunderstanding. You know, I mean, <laughs> even when I was twelve years old, I went, well, this is kind of contrived, but it's fun. You know, so sure. So, you know, so the idea that they couldn't talk things out and that they, you know, you sort of, that's really where the suspension of disbelief comes in. You know, at okay, least I yeah. thought they handled, I, I thought they handled it better than Superman versus Batman where, clearly, you know, where they, where they really, you know, both their disagreement and their, you know, ultimate together seemed kind of, uh, you know, like a, oh yeah like a reach, you know. Oh, God, yeah. Uh, you know, so, so I thought at least they kind of built it up a little more credibly. But but once you know, if you buy that, once you buy into it, then I thought Civil War was a lot of fun, and especially the stuff with uh, Ant Man and Giant Man. That was yes. I have to say, so, somehow um, I'd managed to not know about that. I mean, I saw it. I don't know if I saw it the day it opened. But I saw it fairly quickly. But that's the kind of thing that usually somebody in a review is gonna, you know, or, or, or just in like a random Facebook posting is gonna give away. And somehow I didn't know that. Sure. So, um, you know, they, they, they really, um, you know, the people working on the cinematic and the TV universes have really, you know, I've even been enjoying, I've been enjoying the Ghost Rider um, storyline. Yes, I was going to ask, I'm not fully up to date on that, but, you know, and I was kind of losing interest in S.H.I.E.L.D., but the, the Ghost Rider, uh, somehow they, they, they uh, it seems to be back on, on track, you know, they... Uh, I would agree. You know, they... Um, I think I think is there anything? Yeah, I um I have I have not I've seen the trailer for the new Spider-Man, but I haven't heard. I just heard it silently. I had to I had to have the sound off when I saw oh, okay. it. So I haven't I haven't. It, it looks good. Excuse yeah. me, but I don't know. I don't know what the um, you know what what the uh, the dialogue is like. You want to grab water? I'm not. That's exactly what I'm doing. Atta boy. Yeah, take a take a second. That's okay, okay. Yeah. All right. Now I'm back in business. There you go. I saw the trailer so, with sound. I liked it. I I think uh, he's uh, he's. I think uh, the kid's good. I, I I buy him as Peter, and I, I think it's uh, going to be fun. And it's smart to have a kid too, because if he if it is successful, you know, in ten years he won't seem like he's you know pushing fifty or something. True. You know? Yes. So you know, ten years then he'll be in his twenties or you know the um. You know, I think I think 
Well, I guess Toby Maguire didn't want to. Uh, I don't know what the actual story was, but you know, uh, Toby Maguire did three, and then he was out, and then uh, Andrew Garfield did two, and then for whatever reason. But yeah, but he seemed like a pretty old uh, Peter Parker for that, you know, for the high school uh, version of him. Agreed. So yeah, so, yeah. so if you start with, if you start out with somebody who's a kid, then uh, you know, then then you know, then then he won't look so out of place, uh, you know, in uh, in, in uh, you know, movie number four. Yeah, exactly. I no, it'll be interesting uh, how they move forward, and you know, now uh, Sony working with Marvel movies even more to kind of tie them together and everything. That's it's an interesting move because yeah, I got to be honest, I, I had no problem with Andrew Garfield's portrayal of Spider-Man other than no, I liked it. Slightly yeah, older. I it fun, yeah. But the yeah. stories, yeah, um, the, there was the stories were kind of flat. I thought. Uh, yeah, they were kind of uh, by the by the numbers. You know, they. Um, I guess the Rhino maybe wasn't the best Rhino I ever. Uh, yeah. I, I, I ever, <laughs> I ever. So I guess, it, although let's face it, a character who's a human Rhino is sort of a goofy. You know, it's <clears throat> a hard translation from uh, from a comic book to the to the screen. So I guess all, the only ones that are still not in the Marvel um, bullpen, as it were, is is uh, the X Men franchise, right? That's still on its own. Yeah, that and uh, Fantastic Four. All right, Fantastic Four. Are they, and, and are they still not putting out a Fantastic Four comic? Is that still on hiatus? Yeah, they. I mean, it, it's so weird. They're. I mean, well, Reed and Sue are, are off camera, and the thing uh-huh. is with the Guardians of the Galaxy, uh-huh. which oh, is really? interesting, and uh, Johnny is with the Inhumans. Now are they bringing back Darkhawk? Somebody told me that uh, Darkhawk was coming back. I don't. Maybe, that's so funny. Maybe, I don't know. I haven't. <laughs> if they are, I haven't or, heard that rumor. Or, 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 or at least maybe in the Guardians. I think there's somehow a hint that he was going to be in the Guardians two movie. Oh, that's interesting. And that that somebody, would be funny. somebody asked me about that. But oh, I, I have uh, no. I have no yeah. idea. That's fantastic. That's that's great. Uh, so, yeah, I had I hadn't heard that. And I for, I mean, yeah, I, you know, I, I much like you were saying, I I try to stay away from all the pre-press stuff, because I really do want to go to the movie and just enjoy it. I mean, God, you know, we're, we're days away from Rogue One as we're recording this. And, you know, right. I just, I, I, if I see a headline, I don't go to the story because I don't want to know. Right, right. You know, so. I, I, I don't mind knowing the story, but it's obviously it's always more fun if you don't know it. Right. You know? Um, um, so, as I wrote one, and what's the, ne- what's the next Marvel thing coming up? Is that? Uh, um, is, that's a good question. I think Thor, Ragnarok. Oh, and that's going to be when the spring? I think so. I'm pretty sure right, that's right. the case. I, I know the Spider-Man is July 17th. That's 7, 17, right. uh, 17. Yeah, right? while, we're, <laughs> while we're talking, I will look it up. But I believe okay. that uh, I'm pretty sure Thor is is the next one. And Guardians 2 is this summer, right? Uh, yep, yep. Let's see here. And, and there's Thor. And there's, is there another Captain America? Oh, wow. Uh, actually, Thor is after uh, Spider-Man Homecoming. It's next November. Okay, so nothing's what what's in the spring? That's a good question. Let's see. <laughs> we'll look it up while we're talking. Um as I'm okay. as I'm looking it up, um are you watching any of the DC TV? I'm way behind on that stuff, I got to admit. You know, I I think I think I haven't seen it since they did the Flash of Two Worlds homage. So Okay. But I've heard, <laughs> I've, heard, I've, heard I, I've heard nothing but good uh, but good stuff about it. Yeah. But, you know, uh, I, yeah, I like all four shows. I really do. And and Supergirl Supergirl's only gotten better. Uh, right, and, I, and I like the first season fine. Here. Um, here we go. Here's the here's the uh, Marvel list. Uh, Guardians is actually first May of 2017. Then right, Spider-Man. They something in May, right? Okay. And uh, Thor. 
so those are the three this year. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, Spider-Man Homecoming in July, and Thor in November. And then uh, what about TV? What are they... Um... They must have more TV stuff. Yeah, the next thing is, well, Iron Fist is uh, starting in March. The next Netflix, okay. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I I, I don't know what's in development to get a a second show. Uh, Man, you know, I kind of hope Haley Atwell's uh, show post-Agent Carter didn't work out. And and, and with Jeff Mace being in S.H.I.E.L.D., I loved how they retconned uh, Jeff. And really it started, I guess, in the 70s in What If?, but that Jeff right. Mace was a post-World War II Captain America. And I think it would really be fun to see, even if they could make like a two-hour movie of Jeff really? Mace trying to be a, a non-superpowered Captain America, but or doing the best he can, and, and Haley Atwell trying to help Atwell. him and stuff as Agent Carter. I, I thought, look, I, I had a big crush on her as Agent Carter. So, oh, God, yeah. Yeah, she really is terrific. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, again, what they do is they get... You know, actual serious uh, actors to be in these movies, and yes. serious screenwriters, and serious directors. Um, so, you know, I mean, that's, you know, there's a certain, I think, you know, almost almost all the modern Marvel and DC. I mean, look, everybody, uh, you know, gave a hard time to to Superman versus Batman, but you know, 20 years ago, we would have been thrilled that it existed at all. You're right. You're absolutely you know, every, you know. So now, now we have this luxury of being able to nitpick that, uh, you know, that it didn't quite work dramatically as well as we would have liked it to, or you know, or that their mother's names were both Martha, you know, or you know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but also, uh, don't you think that there's been an evolution of sophistication in acting and sophisticating in writing that I do think it's kind of fair to say, well, let's not regress. Let's. Right, you know, right. everyone should kind of be paying attention. It's like, you know, it's like super, the superhero film is like the Western in terms of, you know, you can the, – the Western really from its start to, you know, the, the end of its prime really did go through some interesting evolutions. And, I mean, you know, by the 50s, you had more psychological Westerns and character motivations. Well, the, and I think you can say the same thing about superhero movies. Well, well the Western, you know, became – it had a bunch of subgenres. You'd have, you know, the Western noir, the Western yep. romance, the Western comedy. So I think, yeah, you get the superheroes. I mean, that's it. It, it it's interesting, you know. I mean, for so many years, um, you know, especially before the indie movement in comics. But uh, you know, but I guess the ones that, you know, with the exception of say the Reina Telgemeiers and the uh, Art Spiegelmans, I guess, I guess the the comics most people know are still the superheroes. Um, you know, so I think there's still subgenres uh, within that uh, within that too, where something sure. will be, you know, uh, funny, and something will be family, and something will be a coming of age, and something will be a fish out of out of water. You know, but uh, yeah, I think that that started happening, I guess, when superheroes, for whatever reasons, became the dominant uh, genre. You know, in in in, in comics, I don't know. If, Comics are so diverse now. You know, maybe total sales are still uh, with the um, with, with superheroes, but certainly, you know, I mean, say Raina Telgemeier. Raina Telgemeier outsells anybody in any genre. You know, and half the people I mentioned her name to don't know who she is. You know who she is? No, I don't. You say shame on you. There you go. Raina Telgemeier. She does uh, graphic novels for Scholastic that are bought by kids and in school. Smile, and uh, that, that's that's uh, her one about. Uh, 
uh, you know, a teenage girl uh, getting braces, and she has one about ghosts that just came out. Cool. She sells millions of, literally millions of copies. Oh, of sure. Graphic. She's, she, I mean, so it is very funny that you, who I know is somebody who keeps, you know, up with everything. Who tries to. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, 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 but I mean, but, but Raina, you know, um, you know, for like the past five years or more has been the top selling graphic novelist in the country. You just know, like somebody. Jeff, just like Jeff Smith was with Bone and everything, and how Bone was right, such a exactly. scholastic phenomenon. You know, yeah. right, right, right. So, you know, so I mean, so it's, so I mean, we, you know, uh, you know, we tend to look at it from a very superhero centric uh, point of view. And I, sure. you know, I don't know, if, I don't know if you call it. It's not really a genre, but it's you know, she has a characteristic style and and things she's interested in. Um, but uh, you know, but but you know, but when but in the superhero. Uh, World certainly, uh, in, and you know now in the in the movies, like in the uh, like in like in the comics for so many years, right? There are subgenres. So Doctor Strange will be more about, so, uh, yeah, obviously about magical and philosophical stuff. Thor is kind of um, you know uh, again mythology, you know, um, yeah. mytho- mythological fantasy. Iron Man is tech and espionage. Shield is obviously es- you know espionage, yeah. too. But it's it's. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I, I have to say, I'm not, I'm not wishing it, but I'm certainly curious how long the superhero bubble will last. I mean, the Westerns had a good run. Well, yeah, that's last, that's my answer you know, when, when people are, like, kind of concerned about are we, you know, reaching the saturation point. And I'm like, well, you know, how'd the Western do? I'm like, you know, we had a, we had a good, well, the West, the we had a good 70 Western years. Like, we had a good right, 70 but, years of consistent Westerns until they really then and, yeah. and still continue to post 70 years, but just not as often, you know. Right. Well, superheroes are probably the modern equivalent of the Western. Yeah. They're sort of, you know, a lot of, you know, sort of about the, you know, sort of a metaphorical version of history that, you know, that that America tells itself and shares with the world. And, you know, I mean, you know, the Western hero, like the uh, private eye hero, and like the superhero, they're essentially about somebody you know, picked by fate to have special uh, responsibilities and, and uh, special skills and, and um, you know, and, and uh, you know, I think people see themselves in that and, and for whatever reasons right now, the superhero has has supplanted the Western, the, the cowboy, which, you know, it's, a, it's, an inter- it, it, it's interesting that that fantasy is so um, ubiquitous now that so many people um, identify and have for so long with the superhero. You know, it's you know, whereas of course, again, you know, 25 years ago, you know, there were you know, you'd have a one shot like the you know the, the first Superman movie or the first Batman movie, but they really, you know, they they were you know entities onto themselves. They weren't they weren't um, you know the the harbingers of a whole wave of of um, of similar of similar franchises and but beyond franchise, just the idea that you know that you know you're not going to a science fiction movie, which is kind of a general term. You're going to a superhero movie, which even though you know superheroes are in some ways just a subgenre of science fiction, you know. But sure. But but it but it's grown to become its own. Its own, its own big thing, you know. So that right. you, 
you know, to the point where you have, you know, the New York Times critics, you know, having, uh, you know, you know, there's, there's, there's articles that are just transcriptions of the various New York Times critics talking about superheroes, you know, right? <laughs> and, yeah. and and always predict and always predicting, you know, at least two out of three of them will always predict that the that the uh, genre will be dead within a year. Yes, then, this is it. They went too far. There's too much product. Right. <laughs> Absolutely, man. No, exactly. Well, and like you said about subgenres too, you know, Ant Man is the superhero comedy. Um, right. I don't know. Well, and I guess really the only superhero romance that I that I've really seen was really the first Daredevil movie, I suppose, with Affleck and uh, and huh, Jennifer Garner. Nothing else. Well, I sort of hinted at it with the Ant Man, right? Um, and, and, I, I, I know what you're saying. There's romance in all of them, but the one that was sure. primarily a romance. That, that's interesting. Huh. Well, that's the See, next thing. See, another book. Should, there you go, Dan. should do that. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's – yeah, no, I, I, it's an interesting time. And honestly, I really do think the last 17 years, if you start with like, you know, 99 with uh, the X-Men franchise getting started and stuff, I think that, you know, you can maybe point at that. Or even earlier, uh, Blade. I think Blade. I think, you, yeah. I think you have to start with Blade. Yeah. yeah so it's almost it's, – it's coming up on 19 years. No, it's 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 twenty. It's, uh, I think, or huh? I think, was it Blade ninety seven? I'm going to look it up again. I think it was ninety eight. Pretty sure it was ninety eight. Probably right. Blade uh, I don't know what that was in ninety seven. Um, must have been. It must have been. Well, I, 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 I know the Blade, Blade is the Blade is the first one where where Marvel really took control of their product that they didn't just uh, license it out and 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 where it had. You know the trappings of a superhero and took itself seriously. You know. Yes, ninety-eight. You are absolutely 98. right. Absolutely. There you right. go. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, ninety-seven. We had things like Steel. You know, right. the, the Shaq is as, as John Henry. Yeah. Okay. Well, it seemed like a good idea at the time. You know. I guess. <laughs> yeah, I guess in terms of he fit the suit. It's like the Brady Bunch right, exactly. with Johnny Bravo. He fit the suit, man. Too funny. Right. And it was sort of a way of having Superman without it being Superman. Or why they would do that. Yeah, well, exactly. Well, why do you kill Superman at the end of Batman versus Superman, the first movie? I, I don't. And then, get it. and then, and then tease that he's alive. You know. Yes. And, uh, you know. Um, what do you nah, think of Suicide Squad? That's the one that that's the one that fascinates me because I'm with the critics in terms of man, that was a mess, and yet there's a it really kind of refused to go away this at the end of the summer and the beginning of the fall, and it, it, it kind of you know I think at the end of the day it did become a profitable movie. Well, I think it did two things. I mean, I think it, a, it had a bunch of uh, cool characters. You know, I mean, you know, the Jared Leto was an interesting take, and and um, Harley Quinn, and you know, there, there were a bunch of interesting characters. And 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 I think what it's funny, you know, there's a, you know, since I came up with this theory, of course, I've read, you know, that there's a name for it, and that. Uh, uh, which I which I forget, but the idea that even if a movie isn't that good, if the last ten minutes are good. People come out of it, you know, sure. telling themselves they had a good time. So even, you know, that's – whereas if a movie is really good but then the last 10 minutes uh, are not, people come out of it thinking that it wasn't that good. So, you know, so so that, that that's an interesting human phenomenon. You know, if, if you come out of a movie feeling good and excited and uh, and that they pulled something interesting off in the last uh, – Ten minutes, it, it it can really affect the word of mouth and just general feeling about uh, a movie, you know. Um, so, I, so I think I think Suicide Squad had that, you know. I, I don't even remember what the last ten minutes were, but I think they were, <laughs> you know, yeah, because that, that yeah that movie was very, um, you know, for me anyway. I found it just a, a lot of um, 
kind of noise and kind of senseless. Because yeah. uh, well, obviously, by definition, these movies stuff have a lot of stuff that blows up and a lot of the true, uh, true. fighting. But but this seemed to me just to have less. It, it's it, it seemed to make less sense and and, yes. and be just sort of. Uh, you know, I went to see it for free. You know, a guy, a, a friend of mine, uh, brought me to a press screening. You know, so oh, cool. I can't, you know, so I can't complain that I wasted uh, any money on it. But it was, it was <laughs> or fifteen not a, bucks. <laughs> you know, and look, I love you know, uh, I love those characters. You know, like everybody sure. else does. So I'm I'm rooting for them. You know, it's certainly, uh, you know, I mean, even even if I, you know, maybe more uh, Marvel guys. You know, I'm a superhero guy. You know, among Absolutely. My, among among other interests, I'm, I'd like them all. You know, I'd love to see. You know, a really satisfying Superman, right? Who? Yes. I, you know, I mean, look, that we the closest we may come is Spider-Man, right? Or or maybe Thor. You know, some some cross between Thor and Spider-Man. You know? That's funny. You know, uh, the two episodes of Supergirl this year that had Superman <coughs> made me confident that if you put the character in the right hands, it'll be fine. Because I, and, and they even did the same thing last year when he was never on camera. And would have things like a text conversation with Supergirl, right. and it's like, there's the character, there he is. I got to, I got to catch know. up. I got to watch those. Yeah, I've heard. Yeah, those two, yeah. those two episodes were really self-contained and a lot of fun. And yeah, that guy, I, I wasn't when I saw him. You know, we always have those preconceived notions when we see somebody before. You know, we'll see photos before you actually see the episode. I'm like, right, I don't know, he looks small, and I'm not really sure. And then he, he, you know, you see the full performance, and it's like, oh, no, this guy was great, and they wrote it perfect, and it was fun. And I smiled, you know, for two hours watching them. They oh, just re-ran right. them uh, last, last Monday. Maybe I'll even maybe maybe I'll even watch them tonight. That might be if I can figure if I can figure out how to get the uh, on demand on my TV. You know, that, uh, <laughs> I, I understand. I'll, uh, I'll be doing that. Um, so um, so it could happen. What well, else? What well, else? Yeah, there you go. Play? Yeah, I wanted. To, I, I well, like I said, well. Uh, while while 2016 is winding down, I wanted to kind of go over some things. I've been doing that with a lot of the guests uh, lately. Is just kind of getting their opinions of makes sense the yeah. stuff we saw this year and and you know what we thought of it and everything. But now moving forward to uh, 2017, uh, one thing I want to talk about is uh, you know you you've been involved with this from the start, and that's uh, Will Eisner Week. Right. Uh, Will Will Eisner Week. Um... Will Eisner uh, was uh, one of the founders of comics um, as a, an art form and as a business, and um, he, he uh, of course, did a character called The Spirit in the 40s and 50s that <clears throat> appeared as a newspaper supplement, um, The um, and um, there was a movie uh, a couple of years ago that um, some of you, uh, some that, that was controversial, let's say, and it's... Uh, that's kind, and and, and it's uh, and, and the character, but it was, it was it was uh, great that somebody wanted to make a, a spirit movie, and I think Frank uh, Frank Miller's heart uh, uh, was in the right place. Yes. I, I think it's it, it had uh, it was a noble effort, but um, in any case, so, the, so Eisner created the spirit, which was a groundbreaking comic character. Um, he was involved in creating uh, Blackhawk and uh, um, Uncle Sam. A lot of a lot of ca- huh. Uncle Sam, am I right? Uncle Sam, right, exactly. A lot of those uh, quality uh, heroes, or several yeah, of the Blue, quality heroes, had Will Eisner's right, fingerprints maybe, on them. Maybe the Blue Beetle, Sheena, uh, not Sheena, Sheena, yeah, Sheena, Queen of the Jungle. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, That's cool. Yes, yes, uh, yeah, that was uh, that was Will. He, but he signed it with a different name. It was signed by like um, W. Spencer Steele, something like that. But that was a Will a Will Eisner uh, creation. Cool. Hawks of the Hawks of the Sea. Uh, um, Yes, no, but, but 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 the spirit is is the is the most well known. Then, 
Then he spent about 25 years um, working on uh, a magazine called um, PS Magazine, which was a um, kind of a um, instructional um, book for the military. That um, and then of course he came back in the 70s with something called The Contract with God, which. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't the first, you know, and we'll never know what the first graphic, there's a lot of contenders of first graphic now, but sure. certainly Contract with God and Will, you know, and Will Eisner popularized the notion of a graphic novel, that a comic book could have serious content intended um, for adults, you know, not, you know, not, ad, not adult in the sense of, you know, of, of, uh, of erotic material, but adult in the sense of with mature themes and uh, subject matter, uh, very often about Will's. Uh, own past growing up in New York and Brooklyn and the Bronx of the uh, 30s, 20s, 30s, 40s. Um, so, we'll, so, and you know, and Eisner spent the last uh, 25 or 30 years of his life putting out pretty much one or two new graphic novels a year. Yeah. Um, the Eisner Awards at the um, San Diego Comic Con were named after Will. He was a great evangelist for comics, spreading the word about comics potential to be serious literature and serious art. Uh, he wrote, you know, he taught at School of Visual Arts and uh, wrote several uh, how-to books, comics and sequential art among them. <coughs> so he had um, a remarkable career, and uh, I work now with the Will, Eisen, Will and Ann Eisner Foundation and Will Eisner Studio. Excuse me, I'm going to take a drink here. Sure, I just did the same. Right. So I'm working, I, I'm the chair of what's called Will Eisner Week, which is... Um, a worldwide celebration of Eisner and graphic novels, and we have events. In uh, last year, we had events in um, around 75 cities. Wow! And this year, so Will Eisner Week is going to be it's officially March 1st through 7th because Will's birthday would have been March 6th. You know, he died in um, in 2005, but uh, this coming year he would would have been his hundredth birthday. Mm-hmm. So um, we're looking uh, to make Will Eisner Week. Uh, very special this year, uh, and, w- and what that entails is um, we um, enlist people to put on events in their own local area, at a library, at a comic book shop, at a bookstore, at a college, um, you know, somewhere you can find a space and put on an event um, specifically about Will or possibly just about some graphic novel topic that uh, you, you would brand as Will Eisner Week. Uh, this coming year is not only Will's 100th, but later in the year is what would have been Jack Kirby's 100th birthday. So some people are doing like joint celebrations of the two of them. Um, so if you would like to do something in your area, um, go to willeisnerweek.com. That's the way it sounds, willeisnerweek.com. And you can find out more information. You can get a, a, a playbook of, uh, that suggests things you can do. And um, we will then be more than happy to um, promote your event on the website, and um, there's, a, there's a couple of Eisner documentaries that we can send you copies of to show if you want to do an event uh, involving that. So that's Will Eisner Week, and as I said, it's very exciting uh, with the 100th anniversary coming up. That's awesome. Had you ever, uh, I know you knew Will, but had you ever had a chance to interview him for your magazine right now? As a matter of fact, uh, I did. Yeah, back, it was... Um, just about two years before he died, in 2003, I did uh, an interview with him. That was 
focused on you know on on on, on writing. You know, sure. Of course, with Will, with Will, writing and art were pretty interrelated. And and again, when you have a Will Eisner on the phone, you talk about a lot of stuff. But uh, yeah, that was in Right Now Five. It was reprinted in the best of Right Now. It was reprinted in a book called Conversations with Will Eisner that uh, that uh, Professor Thomas uh, Inge uh, edited. So it was. You know, it was it was funny because um, I'd known Will Little. He gave me some blurbs for he gave me a blurb for Superman on the Couch, which was very nice of him because he wasn't the world's biggest superhero fan. But he gave me a very nice uh, blurb for it, and uh, I knew him from uh, working through Byron Price when I worked for Byron. Uh, okay, and we did some stuff with Will. We did we did the Spirit Screensaver, um, but. Um, but will um, that's awesome by the way <laughs> uh, i know it was, well it was it was if, if you if you can find the media to play it on it you, know, you can still get it on uh, i'm sure on ebay and stuff cd-rom or whatever that's fantastic yeah cd-rom it goes back to technology from like 1995 96 <laughs> sure um and but it's unique it's unique very short interviews you know it's like 20 different short interviews with will he introduces uh like 20 or 30 different spirit stories maybe even more um so uh, yeah, so the interview. My challenge was: could I ask this guy even one question he's never been asked before? You know. Sure. So um, you know, he he actually did say these are good questions. So uh, oh, that's great. You know, whether, whether he was just being polite or not, I don't know. I'll choose to think that he wasn't just being polite and that uh, he really did think they were good questions. But it was, yeah, it was a thrill to interview the guy, and you know, he was, you know, what what I found amazing, and of course, what everybody found amazing with Will was that uh he wasn't a nostalgia act you know he um he was kept himself informed on everything that was going on you know in comics and graphic novels but in other media as well so there was you know certainly he was very intrigued about the internet and the possibilities for storytelling digitally you know so he wasn't you know not there's anything wrong with you know with an old timer who talks about their past triumphs i mean that's very interesting too but sure but but Will and Will would talk about that. But Will was really more interested in the present and even more interested in the future and what was coming up and you know and and where society was going and where comics were going and and where storytelling was going. And so it was you know that really um, made him you know uh, I think pretty unique. Stan Lee is like that. You know Jules Pfeiffer, yes. who you know is who is eighty seven is is I think just wrapping up. A trilogy of graphic novels, you know, and he's he's you know like a house on fire. He's you know incredibly yes. productive, and 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 Pfeiffer, of course, um, studied uh, you know worked for and studied with Eisner back you know back in the spirit days. Um, Pfeiffer, um, I guess, apprenticed himself or was and or was hired by by Will. So it's sort of nice to see that tradition being carried on. So that so that's Will Eisner week. So again, if you're interested in either finding out what's an event near you or if you want to put on an event, uh, willeisnerweek.com. That's awesome. I, I got the chance to uh, see him speak at the University of Chicago uh, one of the years they did the Humanities Festival about comics. Right. And he was there with Scott McCloud and um, Neil Gaiman interviewed right. uh, Will oh, yeah. at that event. Right. And it was great because afterwards, and it was it really was this college atmosphere because uh, it was in a, a large college auditorium and then afterwards – in the lobby of the auditorium, Neil and Will and Scott McCloud and others were all. I think Spiegelman was there actually as well. Uh, but yeah, you know, everybody was pretty accessible, and you go up and talk to him. And I had him sign a couple of uh, Warren Spirit uh, Great. magazines yeah. and stuff. And yeah, it couldn't have been cooler. And yeah, it was about three years before I started my podcast. 
And well, yeah, they made, you know, he was great. I recently, I mean, I looked for it. I was able to find a copy of um, of a an event that that uh, took place 20 years ago on Will's 80th birthday. It was an event at, at Cooper Union in New York uh, with Eisner, Spiegelman, and Pfeiffer. And, wow. Uh, and I'm hoping. Uh, to uh, have that available, there's a project that uh, I'm working on with the Eisner folks that um, I don't want to talk too much about, but hopefully within the next year or two we'll have that out and include a transcript of that of that evening. That's great. Yeah. You know, I love John Cook's Eisner documentary. Uh, that's a, it, yeah, yeah, that's a that's a great documentary. Yeah, John, and, John and John and Andy, John, yeah, the brothers Cook. Oh, okay, there you go. And and the uh, the for me, and I know they they've you know there was the. Uh, the shop talk articles that were in the back of uh, the spirit uh, comic when it was right. Well, this, press. This, 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 this is related to that. This is related to shop talk. Oh, great! Because because so yeah, those those audio interviews that Will did with Jack Kirby right. and Phil Suling and and all of everybody that he did that were included on the on the Cook uh, DVD or Blu-ray. Oh my right. God, those are just fantastic! I love them. I mean, you know, well, really, you know. We hope to have one also uh, with uh, with Will and Stan Lee. You know that. Um, oh, that's great. That, that's that's appeared in other formats. You know that uh, we're going to try to run a transcript of. You know. Oh, that's really interesting. Know, yeah. But a bunch of different things have to come together. Uh, you know, in terms of just uh, dollars and cents and and uh, sure. publishing plans. But um, that is that that is that is something that's uh, that's in the works. Um, and. Um, I guess, I guess this is the point. Is this where I where I plug uh, where I plug stuff? Because I, I yeah, if you want things. to, certainly, yeah, man, I want to. Why? I, why? Uh, well, I've just signed a deal to write a biography of Stan Lee, which will be really the first full biography of Stan ever done. There have been, you know, similar books. There was a Spurgeon and Rayfield's book about yes. ten or twelve years ago. Stan's done a couple of memoirs, but no one's ever done a full-on uh, biography of Stan. So I've signed a a. Uh, contract with the division of Macmillan Publishing uh, to do uh, a biography of Stan. I've already started interviewing some people for it. I spoke to uh, Al Jaffe and Joe Sinnott. I have some others lined up, and of course I have a list of, you know, 100 different people I want to talk to. Um, and um hoping this will be out uh, somewhere in uh, 2018, but of okay. course you never know with publishing. But uh, Understood. That's, yes. That's, you know, it's very, you know, it's exciting, and it's uh you know, again, talk about great responsibility. You want to get it right and <laughs> absolutely, uh, and be fair to everybody involved. So, um, you know, but it's you know, and of course, the story about Stanley is a story about the history of comics and and in a way the history of his life and times. So it's a, uh, you know, so it's um, it's exciting, it's challenging, it's a little scary, and uh, but that's that that's a very big thing happening, and then. Um, you know, I'm back, uh, or I'm still uh, working with the Wizard. Doing, uh, I'm programming and moderating a slate of panels at their shows, and um, you know, so check WizardWorld.com for that. But the other thing to check WizardWorld for is um, I'm working with Howard Chaikin. Howard is doing um, uh, two-day seminars um, in conjunction with Wizard and possibly um, with other. Uh, conventions or um, institutions but right now uh, coming up at the wizard um, at the at the wizard New Orleans show which is uh, early January 
Uh, it's January. Um, you can look it up while we The convention talking. is January 6th, 7th, and 8th. Okay. Um, on the 5th and the 6th, so on the night of the 5th and on the afternoon of the 6th, you know, uh, right before the convention for four hours each day, there will be a, a seminar that Howard, or a workshop Howard's given uh, called, uh, wait, let me find it, and I will, it is called, um, uh, graphic design in the service of narrative, a two-day workshop with Howard Chaikin. So you can find out more about that. You can email me if you want, danny at dannyfingeroth.com. Once again, danny at dannyfingeroth.com. But you can also go to Wizard, to the Wizard World New Orleans page. That's uh, If you go to the, just wizardworld.com, you'll see links to the New Orleans. And then when you see Howard's picture underneath it, it will say, um, it will say take, a, take a course with... Uh, with Howard Chaikin and click on that and that will give you the information and the pricing. Uh, it's two days with Howard uh, who if you've seen him at all or know his work you know he is uh, quite intense uh, to say the least and um, quite brilliant and yes. you know exceptionally creative. Um, so it's your chance to learn uh, with Howard. Uh, it's not cheap. On the other hand uh, you know how often you get a, you get a chance to spend two intensive days plus Howard will also critique your work um, for um, two weeks after the class ends by, wow. by email wow so he'll so he'll you know there'll be like you know lectures discussion um, you know questions and answering Howard will you know then go through it's a maximum of 15 people so he will give everybody individual attention and you have the bonus two weeks to send him anything for him to comment on uh, after that, so go to wizardworld.com, get you know a link to their New Orleans show. You'll see search by city, and then when you see Howard's picture, you'll see underneath it will be a link to uh, to how to um, how, you know information sign about the, the, the how to sign up and more information about it. So I think those are the main things. You know, I'm sure I'm forgetting half a dozen things. Those are the main <laughs> things I got coming up. Those are the things um, you mentioned far, to me. So I, I right, as, far, as far as I know, there's nothing involving clones, um, but you never know. <laughs> You know, uh, honestly, uh, the thing is, I, I would say that yeah, this is kind of akin. We mentioned Robert McKee's story earlier. I mean, right. to learn to really learn uh, at at, at uh, the feet of uh, Howard Chaikin is really uh, is something special. And I mean, really, this is a guy who was so innovative uh, when he broke onto the scene, and just the way he does compose pages, and uh, I'm sure his insight into making a, a compelling uh, page and stuff is, is really essential learning. And I, and I do think, yeah, it's, yeah. you know, uh, if you got the box, it's certainly, it's certainly going to be, I think, worth your while. And I know he does you know, chalk talks uh, at, at Marvel, he does, Yeah, he does, he does chalk talks. Well, this is, this is an expanded version of his chalk talks that he does at Marvel. So you this go. is, uh, you know, this, this is, yeah, this, this is what he teaches professionals, you know. Sure. But, I mean, but again, you can sort of, you know, you know, when we've given in the past, a lot of people who were into design, you know, who were not necessarily artists as much as designers came to it because they wanted to learn about uh, design from him. And you know, and and you know, I, honestly, it's it's entertaining and informative, and you know, and let's let's face it, there's going to be some gossip that you might not hear anywhere else. Um, <laughs> so it's so I mean, even if you don't have the intention of you know, uh, you know the holidays are coming up. This is a perfect gift for yourself, or for or for somebody you know who's really into comics, or or aspires to be a comics professional, or just wants to know more. 
you know, so I mean, I would I would just say it's you know, it's a lot of fun no matter what and 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 obviously if you want to be an artist or a designer or or a writer or an editor, I mean it it applies to any and all facets of comics and the stuff, you know, there's much stuff is covered and I'm there kind of kibitzing and uh you know, playing straight man to Howard and uh and and so on. I say it's limited to 15 people, so you, you know, so you you you're guaranteed of getting uh, you know, pretty individual and personal attention from him, whether you want it or not. You know, <laughs> that's cool. You know, um, I I gotta ask, but I know you've been working. How long have you been working with the Wizard people now? Um, oh, that's three and a half. That's over three years, close okay. to four. Okay, and I know this is the new regime, and I know that they've been in the news lately with the old regime and some remnants of the old regime, and and some some right. things back and forth. But clearly, you've been working with them for a while, so I, I imagine you've got a you've got a a good opinion. And I want to give the other side a chance to kind of, uh, you know, to say the good things about about the wizard. You know, look, I'm I, I I'm a consultant. I'm not on staff. I'm not privy to what goes on. But you know, it's it, it's a business like any other, and stuff happens. You know, I mean, okay. I. You know, as 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 far as fans, I mean, my experience with them is that they deliver what they promise. Um, you know, I, I I think they're, you know, for, and again, I'm just this is pretty much as an informed opinion as anybody else. You know, I think they are evolving and growing, and there are you know there are different uh, growing pains involved with that. But but I but I think they put on, you know, a very good show. I, you know, they have a lot of. Uh, cool celebrities and comic people, and you know, and and they have been very supportive of what I do. You know, as far as my panels, I, you know, if if you look at the wizard programming schedule, you can see the panels I do range from super mainstream to kind of esoteric. Yes. And uh, you know, and 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 that's, you know, they they are very interested in doing interesting panels. That's why. You know, um, they uh, they hired me on in the first place, and their commitment to that is as strong as ever. So, you know, I mean, so I would, I think if you're a person who goes to conventions, you know, come to the shows, you know, and 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 uh, hopefully you'll be, you'll have a, you know, you'll have a more than a pleasant, you'll have a great experience, and you know, and don't forget to go to the panels. You know, I mean, yes, um, a lot of thought goes in at it, you know, at most conventions, but I but I can tell you from firsthand. A lot of thought goes into the subjects of the panels and the and the panelists and the questions and the uh, you know everything involving the panels. I try to make mine uh, you know special and um, you know memorable experiences for people, and I think everybody else does too. So just at, whether it wizard or any show, don't forget about panels. You know, don't you know, and even even if through like an accident of you know of, of um, of real estate, the uh, panels end up being a long walk from the main floor. You know, it, it's you know it's worth the walk. You know, I agree. I mean, so again, again, certainly for the panels I do, I try to make it you know worth everybody's time. You know, including you know both the people on the panel and the uh, and 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 the audience. So sure. you know they're they're you know they're mostly you know I'd say ninety five percent of the panels are you know included with your admission to the show. I mean there may be some that have some special. Thing involved, but most of them, you know, are just are 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 free in the sense that you know, once you pay your mission, you can go to them. I'll be and I'll also be at the Big Apple show in March in New York, which is not a wizard show, but I'll be doing some panels there and everything. Oh, that's great! So uh, you know, it's March 11th and 12th, and I believe uh, Howard's going to be at that show too. Oh, very cool! I don't I don't I don't know if we're doing the uh, workshop for that, but um, you know, the only one I know for sure is the is the one at the wizard show 
in New Orleans. Um, you know, just don't let don't let other people make your opinion for you. You know, kind of do your reading and and show up to have a good time. You know, I mean, that's we're there, so you have a good time. And anything else is, you know, is just sort of one of the downsides of the internet age. That you know. That, you know that now you get to know every single you know blip that goes on in, sure. in a company's life. You know, you know, 20 years ago you wouldn't know it. You know, and that's uh, true. That's and, very and true. It wouldn't, and, and it wouldn't matter. So, well, you know, take it with a take it with a grain of salt. I'll I'll say honestly because uh, I've seen the difference since you started doing the programming. Because there was a time that I think Wizard did do incredible shows when I first started going to shows in the early 2000s. And there was this little period where they kind of had lost their way. And I think truly, since you have come on, they've regained what makes panels fun and interesting. I'm a huge believer in those panels. And I do think that the conventions owe that kind of programming to the attendees because these tickets aren't cheap. And even just for, <laughs> right. well, they're not. And as far as admission goes, so they, they, you know, people should get something just for walking in the door beyond getting the chance to get their comic books signed or or get a, a sketch. It's it's nice that they do provide some programming and also programming that is entertaining and truly, right, well, you know, I know. I again, I mean, I've had this conversation with with uh, our mutual friend Dean Haspiel, and I right. mean it. No, since you've taken over and stuff, I think the panels oh, have improved you. at Wizard shows definitely. Oh, I appreciate that absolutely. And, and don't forget, you know, it's funny, right? If somebody said to you, you know, right, you would do a, let's say, see, do a panel with Dean and Steve Geiger and, and uh, you know, and, and three other artists, and it would cost you $15, you go, oh, that seems like a good deal. Right. So, I mean, so at a, at a given day at a convention, again, and specifically at a Wizard show, there's like, you know, 10 panels like that. Exactly. You know? So, I mean, you could, you know, I, you know I've, I've seen people, you know, I think there are some people who do it maybe, you know, uh, I think it was the exception rather than the rule, but if you were, you know, if if somebody said, you know, whatever the wizard admission fee is, and I have to admit I don't know exactly what it is, but, you know, for whatever that day fee is, you would go to comic book college and here are these 10 seminars you could go to, you go, oh, that's a pretty good deal. Yep. So, I mean, that, so that's what we try to provide, you know, at, 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 at the shows, you know, so it's, you know, like I said, I know I know many people go for the autographs and just to see it in the cosplay, sure. but you you really could go to comic book college and just like go to panels all day and learn how to and learn about history and you know just yes. get inside glimpses into your in, you know into into your favorite creators who if, if they're at the show you know so it's um, you know it's all it's all kind of relative. But thank you, I really appreciate you saying that. Uh, hey man, I mean it because honestly, very very. Uh, means a lot. Well, it's it's that is a big reason why I go to conventions. It's a big reason why I started the podcast was to learn more about the history and get some insight in the business in terms of, you know, just how it's changing. I mean, and this conversation is reflective of that and I I really appreciate your point of view, and I'm glad that you, you know, are happy to come back on. And this is kind oh, of a casual. Pleasure. Oh, thank you, man. And this was a casual one. I'm going to pick your brain probably more, uh, uh, a little bit more about uh, comic history on the next conversation. But I wanted yeah, to good. Uh, good. And I, and you know, hey, uh, the, maybe uh, right before uh, Will Eisner week or something. If there's a, you know, if we, we want to promote some of the things that are happening in the various cities. That would be perfect. That would be really great. Maybe in the, in like mid February or something. That sure. Mid late February. That would be that would be perfect. There you go. Great to welcome back Danny Fingeroff to Word Balloon. And uh, guess what? We're not done. 2016, still only a couple days left. Still have one more Word Balloon uh, to share with you, and uh, it's going to be a good one. Tom King joins us for a great conversation. What a 2016 Tom King has had. And, man, 
uh, so much so much tragedy, especially in these closing days. Uh, my thoughts go out to uh, the family and uh, fans of uh, Carrie Fisher and Debbie Reynolds and George Michael. Oof, man, what a week. So uh, to brighten things up, we're going to talk to Tom King at the end of the week because uh, whether it's been his uh, great run on Batman, his excellent, excellent original story, uh, Sheriff of Baghdad, and of course, Sheriff of Babylon, and of course, uh, the absolutely incredible uh, Vision Maxi series. Great stuff from Tom King this year. We review it and talk about a lot more on the final Word Balloon for 2016, and that's going to be the next episode. So until then, Word Balloon has been sponsored by the League of Word Balloon listeners. Thank you again for your support. Uh, Word Balloon is also brought to you by InStockTrades.com, where uh, here's some uh, uh, new releases from InStockTrades. You can get um, Avengers Endless Wartime trade paperback from Warren Ellis. It's now finally available in a trade paperback. Just $10.99. You can get the Nighthawk trade paperback, Hate Makes Hate, the wonderful run from David Walker and uh, Ramon Villalobos. Uh, That uh, book is 45% off, just $9.89. You can get uh, Secret Six, Volume 2, The Gauntlet, with uh, Gail Simone and Dale Eaglesham. And uh, this is early in the run, 45% off, just $9.34. You can get Spider-Woman, Trade Paperback Volume 2, Shifting Gears, uh, coverage of uh, her run on Civil War. Dennis Hopeless, Javier Rodriguez, 45% off, $8.79. You get Sandman, Mystery Theater, one of my all-time favorite series uh, from Vertigo, featuring Matt Wagner and Guy Davis, Uh, This is uh, Trade Paperback Book 2, 45% off, just $16.49. Check it all out for yourself. It's waiting for you at InStockTrades.com. Thanks again for listening. Stick around. Next episode coming up very soon, Tom King. Until next time, Word Balloon is a copyright feature of Shaky Productions, copyright 2016. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.